Hola, hola, mi gente. Espero que se encuentren bien desde donde nos escuchen. Hello, everyone. I hope that you are all well from wherever you are listening. Estamos al fin de regreso con una nueva temporada de episodios para ustedes. Mi meta será lanzar un episodio al mes y espero encontrar las personas adecuadas para todas las ideas que tengo para cada episodio. Lamento haber estado ausente por un tiempo. Como todos saben, soy una especialista en salud mental a tiempo completo. Significa que trabajo, idealmente me pagan por 40 horas, pero siempre trabajo un poquito más que eso. Y al fin obtení mi licenciatura completa um, desde medios de diciembre. Por lo tanto, han sido unos meses muy ocupados para mí, igual con mi vida personal y tratando de, pues, a encontrar el balance en todo. Pero me, me enorgullece mucho y tengo mucho amor por este podcast. Obvio, es mi bebé, algo que empecé hace unos años, así que espero tratarles, tratar lo mejor que pueda um, de darles más con, contenido y um, pues la verdad todavía no sé cuántas más um, temporadas habrá, pero por ahorita sí tengo suficiente material eh, y nomás me falta encontrar las personas adecuadas para, los, para las ideas, pero espero aunque sea otra temporada y de ahí pues Miraremos a ver qué pasa. We are finally back with a new season of episodes for you. My goal will be to release one episode a month, and I hope to find the right people for all the ideas I have for each episode. Believe it or not, the hard part is not the ideas. Those things literally come at me sometimes in the middle of the night or whenever. It's just getting the right people, the right specialists to want to take the time to do this to record this isn't paid obviously i mean i'm not like a top-notch podcast that's being sponsored or paid or anything so it really is a that's probably my biggest challenge is finding the right people and the time for it um as you know um i i am a full-time mental health specialist and i finally got fully licensed since mid-december so Obviously, that took up some time. So it's been very busy few months for me. And um, it was just hard. It was hard to get back on this track, not because I didn't want to or couldn't. This is my baby. It was one of my first uh, creations, you know, and um, startups, I guess you can say. But it is something that isn't sponsored. I'm not getting paid for it. It's a hobby. I do it for free for for my passion as a mental health advocate and wanting to put information out there, but it's not always easy to find individuals that um, want to participate and want to take the time to participate. So I am so grateful for all of my participants that have participated in the past, including Nayeli, who will be participating with us today. Um, And overall, just grateful for anyone that has reached out. For all your reviews, if you have not taken the time to put a review, I'd really, really, really appreciate it. It makes a huge difference, honestly. Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, all of those webs, they go based off reviews and ratings. And if you don't give me a review or rating, um, they could care less about my podcast. And so it doesn't move up to on the ladder, I guess you could say, to where we get more listeners and more people um, listening and reach and 
and getting a hold of this material and this information. So if you guys can take the time to give me a review, it'd be highly appreciated. Um, but again, my goal is to release one episode a month and I'm hoping to um, at least give you guys one more really good season because I have a lot of great ideas and material, maybe two, who knows, but, um, and then we'll see what we will do with this. Um, so it's been obviously very busy for me, but I'm, I'm really trying because again, this is my pride and joy. I love doing this podcast. So I really do hope to bring you guys more great content. Um, gracias. Uh, le, muchas gracias como siempre por todo el apoyo y por seguir con nosotros. Thank you all for your loyalty and continuing to be our listeners for all the support and just continuing to be here for me um, or with me, I guess you could say, because I know you guys don't have to listen, but if there's a few listeners out there. I appreciate it. And again, if this episode doesn't resonate with you or it's not content that you need, just share it, put it out there. You never know who might need this information. Um, el primer episodio de hoy de la temporada 5 será una conversación sobre el posparto y los problemas de salud mental y los cambios que enfrentan algunas mujeres antes de dar a luz y después igual con sus cambios físicos. Estudios hechos han encontrado que alrededor del 50 al 75% de las mujeres experimentan síntomas leves a severos de tristeza posparto o tristeza mientras en el embarazo, también conocido como melancolía de bebé, que es lo que pasa al, al principio después del posparto, um, y la depresión y ansiedad y otros um, trastornos de, de salud mental antes del parto y pues obvio después del parto que es el postpartum. Aunque no lo crean, esto es algo mucho más común de lo que se sabe o de lo que se platica. Una a cada cinco mujeres um, sufrirá de los baby blues um, y una a siete mujeres sufrirán de la depresión postpartum, ansiedad postpartum um, y otros trastornos de salud men mental en esos tiempos. Así es que es súper, súper común, pero hay un gran tabú a través de esto y muchas ideas que se, las personas según piensan o que información que saben que no necesariamente es correcta a través de esto que pues hace que las mujeres no platiquen y no hablen de lo que les está pasando. Um, solo una en cada siete mujeres um, es diagnosticada con alguno de estos um, porque no es muy, o sea, es poquito más común, obvio, una y siete, pero no es tan tan común pedir esa ayuda. Um, aquí con nosotros tengo una especialista en salud mental en este tema llamada Nayeli Corona Sidney, que es especialista en el bienestar mental de la mujer y es una trabajadora social clínica licenciada. Estoy muy feliz de tenerla aquí. Espero que toda la información que será um, dicha y platicada en este episodio será útil para ustedes y que pues como dije anterior, si no es algo útil para ti, comparte los episodios con otras personas para que llegue a las personas al cual esto será muy importante y necesario. Uh, today's episode of season five will 
first episode actually of season five will be a conversation about postpartum and mental health struggles and changes some women face before giving birth and after along with their physical changes that they also face um, after giving birth. Studies have found that about 50 to 75 percent of women experience mild to severe symptoms of postpartum blues also known as baby blues also mental health um uh, issues along with before giving birth and during the pregnancy and then obviously as well as postpartum believe it or not this is actually more common than it's um, talked about and stated because i think there's still so much taboo and shame especially from the women and having these symptoms and we're going to get into it with the questions that i'll be asking nayeli and why this is happening but uh, one in every five women experience baby blues um or postpartum depression and one in every seven women um get diagnosed so even though it's so common and more women are speaking up about it it's still not as common to get diagnosed than it is obviously to experience it so um i i felt that this episode was really important um especially because there's a lot of women even women that i have known personally that have experienced something similar and even they hadn't heard too much information about it um so i thought this was a good episode i've also had a lot of patients that bring up that they've had it and um again it's not something that's talked about or that they were ever diagnosed uh with so um i hope that you guys enjoy this episode here with us i have mental health specialist uh by the name of nayeli corona zitney who specializes in women's mental women's mental wellness and is a licensed clinical social worker with her own private practice uh, along with other things she does um with this with this uh topic and specialty a group in specific that she'll discuss about later so i'm very happy to have her here and i'm looking forward to all the useful information she will be sharing with all of you um, and again like i stated before if this information is not something for you or that resonates with you or that you need especially if there's a few men out there listening please 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 share like if we share things as you know that domino effect it'll get to the people that need it so i'd highly highly appreciate it if you guys did that Esto es Acá Entre Nos, a Spanglish podcast, temporada 5, episodio 1, Soy Yo o Es Mi Bebé. This is Acá Entre Nos, a Spanglish podcast, season 5, episode 1, Is It Me or Is It My Baby? To start at last, I'm going to let Nayeli introduce herself, tell us a little bit about herself, and then we can start with the questions and our talk. Por primero, al fin, voy a dejar a Nayeli que se presente, nos diga un poco sobre ella Y luego empezaremos con las preguntas y nuestra charla con este tema. Hi, Nayeli. Hola, Nayeli. How's it going? Hi, Kelsey. Thank you for having me. Gracias por tenerme aquí, Kelsey. Um, estoy contenta de estar aquí hablando contigo, and I'm excited about our conversation. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think it's a very important topic to talk about and something that is very common um, happening to women, but obviously still very tabooed or not talked about for many, many reasons. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, what you do, where you work, where you're from, especially because we don't know where everyone is that's listening, and then we can get started with the questions. 
That's right. Okay, thank you, Kelsey. So my name is Nayeli Corona Zitney, and I'm a bilingual licensed clinical social worker certified in perinatal mental health. My private practice is located in Rancho Cucamonga, but I offer the, uh, telehealth services all over um, California. I'm trained um, specializing in, in perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. The focus of my work is pre predominantly with adult women women who are college age, first generation, immigrant or working women, um, moms that are pregnant or postpartum and who would like to address in addition to any pregnancy or postpartum complications, any mom who would like to address any trauma histories, either single incident or relational trauma as well. In addition to my private practice, I also facilitate a free pregnancy and postpartum support group um, that is available to pregnant and new moms all over Southern California. And I'm also a trainer and speaker on this topic of perinatal mental health. Mi nombre es Nayeli, soy una trabajadora social clínica licenciada bilingüe, certificada en la salud mental perinatal. Mi, mi práctica está localizada en la ciudad de Rancho Cucamonga y ofrezco servicios de terapia y de salud um, vía por computadora cuando es necesario y no nos vemos en persona. Soy una terapeuta capacitada en la especialización de los trastornos perinatales mentales que se enfocan predominantemente con las mujeres, mujeres que están embarazadas, mujeres que están en la universidad, mujeres inmigrantes, mamás que están interesadas en abordar este experiencias traumáticas durante su vida, ya sea relacionada a un embarazo, parto o también traumas relacionadas a condiciones emocionales y, de, y relacionales también. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Muchas gracias por esa introducción and um, thank you for all that already telling us so much about what you do because it's going to be good for people that are listening if they ever need of your services or know someone that needs of your services they can reach out so thank you for that well let's get started hay que empezar con nuestra charla eh, empezaré con como siempre preguntando la pregunta en un idioma y luego en el otro idioma i will start obviously as always asking the question in one language and then in the other and then ayeli will do her best to summarize her answers in both of the languages and i will chime in here and there as maybe additional questions or anything or join the conversation but thank you so much again Nayeli for joining us so let's get started what does prenatal mean que es la salud perinatal perinatal means the period of preconception pregnancy and postpartum the time period usually up to one year postpartum so this is this whole gamut preconception all the way up until your baby is about a year old La salud perinatal incluye la etapa antes de la concepción, embarazo y posparto, generalmente hasta un año después del parto. Gracias. Muchas gracias por esa respuesta, Nayeli. Thank you for that answer. Uh, now, question number two. What causes prenatal mood and anxiety disorders? ¿Qué causa los trastornos perinatales del estado de ánimo y de ansiedad? Thank you, Kelsey. That's such a good question. So there is no one specific cause for a perinatal mood and anxiety disorder. 
However, we know that there could be a combination of different factors, including psychological, social, or biological, such as the hormonal fluctuations that can happen either at the beginning of pregnancy, during pregnancy, and certainly a year postpartum. There's a lot of hormonal fluctuations that are at hand during that time. Also, we know that there are risk factors or personal um, history factors that could increase the risk factors for perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, and that is a history of depression or anxiety disorders or diagnosis such as bipolar disorders. So that these, again, can be not just personal, but even within your family. No existe una sola causa o una sola una causa única para los trastornos perinatales del estado de ánimo y de ansiedad. Las mujeres que desarrollan depresión o ansiedad en el torno a la maternidad tienen síntomas causados no solo por una combina, por una razón, sino por una combinación de factores. Estos pueden ser problemas estén entre de la relación, los cambios biológicos, como las fluctuaciones hormonales que suceden durante, antes del embarazo, durante el embarazo y después de posparto, porque el cuerpo pues todavía sigue ajustándose hormonalmente, ¿verdad? Y también un, el factor de historial familiar de problemas mentales como la depresión, ansiedad o un historial propio de una condición de depresión o ansiedad puede también contribuir o incrementar el riesgo de padecer alguna condición perinatal, pero es muy importante de notar que no es culpa de nadie el padecer de una condición este, perinatal mental. Entonces puede, puede ser cualquier aspecto. It can really be any aspect of like, depending on their history within like family or just whatever mm -hmm. it is that they're dealing with and obviously all the hormonal changes throughout their body. That's I think that's Absolutely. probably what makes this such an important topic to talk about, but also in general, just like it's important for women to know that, like you said, it's nothing to be ashamed of. No es nada de tener vergüenza o, o mm -hmm. sentirse mal porque pues le puede pasar a cualquier mujer. So that's that's, that's right. There's so many, there, there are um, truly um, no one single factor. There's, there could be many contributing factors, but it's so important that, that moms know that there's no one here to blame them, that there is no blame to themselves, but it is certainly something that they can get treatment for. Yeah, 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 that's, well, it's a perfect transition into the third question that I have, which is why is it difficult to recognize or admit to being depressed or anxious during pregnancy or postpartum? ¿Por qué es difícil reconocer o admitir estar deprimida o ansi ansiosa durante el embarazo o en el postparto? Mm -hmm. There are several reasons for this, Kelsey. First, Well, a new mom might not recognize that she's experiencing depression or anxiety. And this is because after having a baby, moms are typically so tired, sleep deprived, exhausted, that they may not know that that feeling that they're having, that inadequacy, that exhaustion, that depletion may actually be related to depression or um, if they're experiencing this like hypervigilance, just not quite like themselves, they may not know that it's related to anxiety. Um, second, moms and their families might feel ashamed or embarrassed to even 
um, acknowledge or or even to themselves, right? Acknowledge to themselves that they're not feeling quite like themselves. And this is because we you know with the expected glow that can come of pregnancy or after having your baby, if they're not necessarily feeling quote unquote glow about it, right? And, and um, this like bliss of, oh, I love my baby. There could be a lot of shame attached to that. And that shame sadly keeps a lot of moms from speaking out and sharing with their doctors, with their partners, or with their family about what it is that they're really experiencing. Hay varias razones por las cuales um, muchas mamás no hablan honestamente de lo que están padeciendo. En primer lugar es porque después de que tienen un bebé, están tan cansadas, exhaustas, no están durmiendo lo suficiente. Entonces ese cansancio... Um, se puede llegar a confundir por decir, oh, acabo de tener un bebé, pues por eso es que no me siento mal. Pero la verdad es que no, no va a haber una realización que esa tristeza, esa, esa fatiga, ese cansancio o ese, uh, las, las palpitaciones de cora del corazón se pueden confundir como algo nada más como cansancio, pero en realidad puede ser depresión o ansiedad posparto, ¿verdad?, en segundo lugar, las mamás típicamente se sienten muy avergonzadas de hablar o de reconocer a sí mismas o ante los demás de que no se están sintiendo muy bien, de que se sienten tristes o que se sienten ansiosas, que no se sienten justamente como son ellas después de tener un bebé, precisamente porque no quieren ser juzgadas como malas madres. Pero eso no es el caso, pero definitivamente es la experiencia de muchas mamás. Sí, sí. Y es más común de lo que obvio en ese momento esa mamá no está realizando que no, ella no es la única que ha pasado o está pasando por eso. I like what you said about the glow. I think there's this idea, right, and um, expectations that when people uh, or when women become pregnant or are, are in, the, in, in the verge of like giving birth or whatever, they're supposed to have this glow and this excitement or whatever it may be. But realistically, I mean, even the idea of alone of being not just being a mother, but like giving birth and also depending on what stage of that of their life that woman is in That's could right. depend what their glow or experience looks like. And obviously, you know, like you stated, there's so much shame that comes with like, you know, um, why aren't you as excited or happy as you should be, or you should be ready, or you should be, um, mm -hmm. you know, happy your baby was born and he or she is healthy and alive and here with you and you made it through, et cetera. But there's mm -hmm. all these different fears, anxieties, emotions that are happening. Becoming a mother or entering motherhood is really mm -hmm. not a walk it's on the park journey and I think people know that but there's still that like oh you should be so happy oh congratulations and it's not that they're not but some people obviously in that transition are gonna have a hard time and so they're not mm -hmm. always like you said gonna have that glow so I like that you brought that up because there's always that like oh you're glowing and not necessarily <laughs> could be what that woman is feeling you know yeah 100% um, you know and and the the thing about um perinatal mood disorder so this this can include um 
pregnancy or postpartum depression or anxiety, they truly are so common that it is expected that one in five women will experience either postpartum depression and postpar or, or postpartum anxiety. And one in seven are diagnosed with postpartum depression in and of itself. So it really is so um, common if we think about how many women are within our family, right? One in seven will experience um, at least postpartum depression and one in five, a combination of postpartum depression or anxiety. So they really, this is something that really needs to be amplified and talked about some more. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I stated in the intro at the beginning, before I introduced you, I found that in studies, it was 50 to 75% of women. That's a huge percentage. If we were looking at just all women in that 100%, it's very, very much more common than people are opening openly talking about and sharing and that's why you know it's still very tabooed um so let's go over some of the postpartum mood and anxiety disorders and talk about how they might present um repasemos algunos de los trastornos del estado de ánimo y de ansiedad postparto y hablemos sobre cómo podrían presentarse porque como estábamos diciendo ahorita en inglés, yo y Nayeli, es muy, es, esto es algo muy, muy, muy común. Como dijimos al principio, 50% a 75% de las mujeres um, ex, tienen una experiencia de algo uh, que ver con esto cuando están embarazadas o después de tener a su bebé y pues obvio no lo, no lo platicamos lo suficiente. So la siguiente pregunta, the next question, how is postpartum depression different than the baby blues? ¿En qué se diferencia la depresión postparto de la melancolía postparto? So it is expected, um, Kelsey, that about 80% of new moms experience um, some sort of mood swings or tearfulness after having a baby. And this can last within the first one to up to two or three weeks. Now, anything lasting more than two or three weeks tops, then we need to really start um, teasing out and exploring um, the time frame and, and ruling out postpartum depression. You see, 80% of moms will experience some sort of tearfulness, sadness, mood change, but it is so common up to 80%. But anything again, after two or three weeks, we really need to start exploring something um, that would then venture into postpartum depression. Alrededor de la, de 80% de las nuevas madres experimentan cambios de humor y llanto durante las primeras dos o tres semanas después del parto. Esto es llamado, esto viene siendo llamado la tristeza posparto. Pero es importante reconocer que es esta melancolía, esta tristeza, es solamente identificada durante las primeras dos o tres semanas. Si, esto, si, estas, si estos síntomas, la tristeza, la fatiga, la melancolía, está presente después de las primeras dos o tres semanas, entonces es importante este, reconocer que está sucediendo y empezar a evaluar si esto ya se empieza a mover para el lado de la depresión posparto. Wow, wow. Yeah, so I was, I I actually knew there was a time frame, obviously, based off our DSM yeah. diagnosis book, but I didn't know exactly 
when it identified as baby blues and when it was mm -hmm. obviously the postpartum depression. So um, thank you yeah. for that information. Gracias por esa información. Y tengo otra pregunta antes de seguir a la siguiente pregunta que se me vino a la mente cuando estabas platicando y hablando. Um, ¿Cuál es, cómo le llaman cuando la persona todavía está embarazada y está empezando a tener estos síntomas? Um, I asked Nayeli a question right now in Spanish, which I'll repeat right now in English, that it's not part of my questions, but it came up to mind while she was talking. Um, maybe she knows uh, the answer to this, but I was wondering what do they call this or, ha or how do you identify when some of these symptoms are showing up before having um, having your baby? Like, is it still baby blues or like what is, what is that called? Yeah, so the baby blues is, ex is exclusive to that first initial, again, okay. zero to two or, or third week. Um, period. However, when we're talking about depression that is occurring during pregnancy, we call that perinatal, perinatal or prenatal depression. Okay. And it and depression postpartum. Well, we can again we call that postpartum depression, right? But there is something. There is such a thing as prenatal depression. Okay. Um, and it's important to recognize that I, I'm, I really appreciate that you're asking this question because I just want to also put in the plug that any woman who experiences depression in pregnancy, so again, prenatal depression, that is already a, a risk, increased risk factor or precursor mm -hmm. to possibly then experiencing postpartum depression. So that's a really good question. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for answering that. That definitely makes sense and it clears it up. So the baby blues is just those normal hormonal changes, lack of sleep, etc. for the first few weeks and then after it changes That's right. to depression. Okay. That's right. Um, so my next question, la siguiente pregunta, what is postpartum depression? ¿Qué es la depresión postparto? So postpartum depression is the depression that is present after giving birth. And it's so important to recognize that perinatal depression is the most common complication in the childbearing years. And so when I say perinatal, this is also en encapsulating pregnancy um, depression that occurs even in pregnancy. So through pregnancy or postpartum, this is the most common complication of the reproductive of the reproductive years, right? Um, and the symptoms that are included in postpartum depression can include feelings of anger or irritability, lack of interest in the baby. This is important to recognize that it, it doesn't mean you don't love the baby, but it is that you you may love your baby, but you're finding it really hard to um, to be interested in holding the baby, kissing the baby, you know, all the things that we idealize, idealize you know, that a new mom would do. Moms yeah. who are experiencing um, pre, um, perinatal depression or postpartum depression have a really hard time maintaining interest with the baby. They also experience crying spells, sadness, changes in appetite, difficulty sleeping. And we also see with um, postpartum depression that there is the, the additional um, presentation of guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. 
So in regular, or not regular, but you know, a typical depressive episode, yes, people will um, experience cry, um, crying spells, sadness, fatigue, low interest in things. But with postpartum depression, you also see the addition of guilt and shame. And that is, again, Kelsey, because this is so stigmatized, right? A new yeah. a, a new mom, a new parent who just gave birth um, would would experience the guilt of like, I should feel happy. Why, why am I not feeling happy? And so they keep mm-hmm. it to themselves because of the guilt and shame, right? Yeah. Yeah. La salud, la, la, para contestar tu pregunta en español, la depresión postparto, quiero reconocer que es aproxima, que son los síntomas que pueden comenzar en cualquier momento durante el embarazo o durante el primer año postparto. Síntomas que incluyen en, en la depresión perinatal, incluyen sentimientos de irritabilidad, de coraje, Falta de interés con el bebé, no porque no se quiera al bebé, pero porque hay dificultad de apegamiento con el bebé. Podemos notar también cambios de apetito o dificultad de mantener el sueño. Un llanto o una tristeza que, que no se logra desaparecer. Pero también vemos que, que está presente los sentimientos de culpa o de vergüenza. Y eso es porque en esta etapa de, de, de la vida de una mamá, este, es como muy idealizada. Acaba de tener un bebé, entonces la expectativa es que sí, va a estar cansada la mamá tal vez, pero en general muy contenta de haber tenido este bebé. Pero la realidad es que puede haber estas complicaciones emocionales pero la vergüenza y la pena, el sentimiento de culpa es lo que tristemente mantiene a muchas mamás este, en silencio y sin hablar sobre las complicaciones que están padeciendo. Wow, sí. Um, really good information. I mean, I think overall that answers it so well because, I, I mean, obviously, like, one of the things I work with are just general general depression and I I've seen some um, women dealing with depression later on in life that have shared that in their um, uh, childbearing years they also dealt with postpartum but um, you know it's it just mm-hmm. kind of hearing how it identifies there is a little bit of a difference like having that guilt and the shame but it makes sense why because again there's this expectation of how they should be feeling after having the child that's right yeah and as a result of that that guilt or um, shame then we see that followed up with isolation which only makes the problem worse right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so for the next question para la siguiente pregunta what is postpartum anxiety The symptoms of of postpartum anxiety during pregnancy or postpartum include a constant worry about something happening to either you and especially to the baby. Feeling that that something bad is going to happen, Um, you may um, find yourself constantly worried that, um, you know, is the baby breathing? Is the baby having enough food? right? Um, Racing thoughts about all kinds of worry thoughts. Again, not just 
happening to the baby, but even to you because you're the extension, you know, for that baby. Um, with postpartum or perinatal anxiety, we find that moms really have a difficulty, a difficult time um, falling asleep. And this is really important to tease out because um, t after having a baby, you know, the first line of recommendation is mom sleep when the baby sleeps, right? Sleep whenever you can. Mm -hmm. However, when post when pregnancy or postpartum anxiety is present, one of the red flags or indicators that there is a high level of anxiety is when a mom is not able to sleep even when the baby is sleeping. Mm -hmm. So that's an important like thing to assess. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you'll also see somatic symptoms like dizziness, hot flashes, nausea, stomach aches, these kinds of like physical manifestations are there. Um, la ansiedad de, an, durante el embarazo o postparto es una preocupación constante, una preocupación constante sobre algún mal que le pueda suceder a, a tu bebé o también a la mamá. El sentir que, que hay un peligro que está a la vuelta, a la vuelta de la esquina, sentir que algo malo va a pasar, pensamientos acelerados, el estar pensando un, un, de un pensamiento malo hacia el otro, hacia el otro, porque es un pendiente que no se va. Hay alteraciones y cambios de sueño y de apetito. Una de las cosas que nos gusta evaluar es si la mamá es, puede dormir cuando el bebé también está dormido. La razón por la cual eso es importante es porque típicamente se recomienda, ¿verdad? Que la mamá descanse cuando, en cuanto pueda, que, que descanse también, que aproveche a dormir cuando también el bebé está durmiendo. Pero si una mamá no puede desconectar su mente porque está tan preocupada de todos esos pensamientos, de otros pensamientos, entonces eso puede ser indicativo de que la ansiedad está presente, que no puede desconectar su mente. Ahora, síntomas físicos pueden presentarse como mareos, sofocos, este, náusea o ese sentir como un calor, ¿verdad? Durante, uh -huh. en, en el cuerpo, esa sensación. Ok. Y otra vez un comentario o pregunta sure. por decir. Esta no es mi siguiente pregunta, pero pues sabes que se escucha que cuando uno, una mujer tiene hijos, um, ya que se convierte en mamá, pues uh, según el dicho dice que con los hijos vienen la ansiedad o la preocupación, mm -hmm. porque obviously being a mother, just kind of the worry sort of comes with it. I guess my question is, is when is it normal like anxiety of like, early motherhood or becoming a mother, especially for first time mothers. And when is it like you have postpartum anxiety, you should probably seek help. Um, mi pregunta es, ¿cuál es normal ansiedad? Soy mamá por primera vez o pues soy mamá y obvio me voy a preocupar por mis hijos. Y cuando la persona debe de sentir, ok, esto ya es ansiedad, um, postparto y tal vez mm -hmm. necesito ayuda. Mm -hmm. So there are, th there, that's a really good question. There are three things that could um, be evaluated. And one of them is the, the frequency of which a mom is experiencing a high level of anxiety. Like, is this happening daily, mm -hmm. every day of the week? And when it happens, how long is that intense worry lasting? Is it lasting five minutes 
or 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 in fact is a mom worried what seems like all day long okay like you just cannot shut your mind down and then if it is present right we're uh, again going back to the duration after assessing how long this is lasting then we look at the intensity and that is how intense is the disturbance is the mom's a level of anxiety or level of depression so intense that it is preventing this mom from doing the daily living activities that she needs to be doing, like taking a shower, eating her basic meals, uh, able to take care of the baby. If the level of depression or anxiety is, is so intense that it starts to interfere with those kinds of daily um, activities that are necessary, then that's where we are really looking um, um, into um, addressing and, and hopefully treating what could be de um, postpartum and depression or anxiety. So again, frequency, duration, and intensity. Okay. I figured I had an idea, like that's kind of how we obviously detect normal anxiety and um, that's right. the intensity mm -hmm. of it, but I wasn't sure. So I'm really glad that I asked that and we put that answer out there for people also so that they can know because obviously with anxiety same thing it's very normalized it's like oh I'm just an I'm just a worry or whatever but sometimes it's really affecting our lives so that's mm -hmm. that was a good answer thank you for that one no um y para la siguiente pregunta the next question what is postpartum obsessive compulsive disorder que es el trastorno obsesivo compulsivo postparto Mm -hmm. So postpartum obsessive compulsive disorder is one of the most misunderstood and also misdiagnosed of the perinatal mood um, and anxiety disorders. Um, so this is a repetitive intrusive images or thoughts that are very often frightening um, and can feel like they come out of nowhere, like just out of the blue you are walking or like you're walking up the stairs holding your baby right and all of a sudden you may have this intrusive image of the baby rolling down the stairs dropping the baby is actually one of the most common intrusive thoughts and worry thoughts that moms report so i just kind of want to like name it and acknowledge that it is one of the most common ones but here with postpartum obsessive compulsive disorder, we see that the intrusive thoughts are definitely present and very distressing. These are uh, obsessions um, and images that are so upsetting, but that no, the, the mom would never do any of these distressing images again, like, um, like dropping the baby. There's this obsessive or, or continuous worry about um, maybe contamination of the baby. And so the mom will then fall into rituals of obsessively washing her hands or obsessively washing the bottles, um, obsessively washing, do, you know, doing all these rituals to wash the um, pumping supplies because there's this intrusive or very um, graphic image of, you know, the baby being contaminated in some sort of way. So there's this absolute hypervigilance and in protecting the infant from whatever that intrusive thought might be. Um, it's a very debilitating condition because, again, these are images um, or thoughts that come into a mom's mind. They disorient her because they don't. She she may not understand why this image is coming to her, but really, it is like the mind's way 
unfortunately, of trying to protect a mom and the baby from the worst case scenario. But it leaves a mom feeling very debilitated because, in fact, those things are actually not even happening. But again, very, very distressing. El trastorno obsesivo convulsivo um, postparto es uno de los de las condiciones este más incompre más este incomprendido y mal diagnosticado de los trastornos perinatales. Estas son, esto sucede cuando las imagen, la imagen o los pensamientos um, son repetitivos, intrusivos y pueden ser este uh, estos pensamientos vienen a la mente de la mamá y le causan mucho pavor o terror. Um, ejemplos de estos um, preocup de estas preocupaciones o imágenes intrusivas puede incluir el que una mamá está subiendo las escaleras y de repente el bebé se cae de las se le cae de sus brazos y se cae por las escaleras eh, o um, una constante preocupación de checar al bebé para asegurarse que todavía esté respirando o una preocupación constante, por ejemplo, de que el bebé se pueda contaminar de alguna manera. Entonces empieza un ritual de lavarse las manos excesivamente o excesivamente lavar las botellas y mamilas de los bebés. Um, ese tipo de cosas es muy debilitante para, para una mamá o un, a un padre también, un padre nuevo. Uh, es precisamente porque es tanta la atención y, el, y la, el pendiente hacia el cuidado de un bebé que puede provocar que la mente se, um, se convierta como hiperactiva buscando por este, cualquier cosa que pueda traer peligro para hacia el bebé. Pero es importante um, identificar que estas imágenes, por más intrusivas que sean, no es algo que la mamá quiera hacer o que vaya a hacer, sino al contrario, esas imágenes o pendientes o preocupaciones son tan este, este, destresantes que la mamá hace cualquier cosa para evitar que eso suceda. Entonces la mamá subiendo a las escaleras más fuerte va a apretar al bebé para que no se le vaya a caer, ¿verdad? Uh -huh. Ese es un ejemplo. Sí. Y con, con es, con, um... Sufriendo de obsesivo compulsivo, with suffering of obsessive compulsive in postpartum, could there also be um, fears or thoughts of the mother harming the child? Um, puede también haber como pensamientos o ideas de la, que, que se le vengan a la mamá pensando que ella le va a hacer daño al, al bebé o la bebé. Una de las cosas que se me viene a la mente es como ese miedo de que eh, van a, a suficar al bebé como si se, uh -huh. si, si se quedan dormido con el bebé en el pecho o algo así. O sea, todo ese miedo que tienen siempre también es, también se considera pensamientos obsesivos o... Sí, definitivamente, definitivamente eso, eso está incluido. Pensamientos que, uh, que una mamá puede llegar a sentir mucha pena, vergüenza, 
um, de, de decirlo, no lo quieren ni siquiera comentar a los demás porque pueden decir, ay no, a lo mejor van a pensar que sí quiero dañar a mi bebé, pero no, no es que una mamá verdaderamente quiera lastimar a su bebé, pero aún así puede haber imágenes de, de una mamá que se sienta muy cansada o frustrada y de repente uh, tenga, la, tenga la imagen en su mente de, no sé, aventar al baby, a, al bebé al, hacia la pared en frustración. Esa, ese pensamiento, esa imagen intrusiva puede ser tan, este, tan aterrador para una mamá que hasta más fuerte va a abrazar al bebé y de repente puede llorar y decir, ay, no, no sé por qué, por qué se me viene esa imagen a la mente. Al, no, verdaderamente no es algo que la mamá vaya a hacer, pero es parte del trastorno obsesivo el que esa imagen destructiva, de, este, intrusiva, viene aún así hacia la mente, pero no es algo que, um, que fuera a ser la mamá, la, la mamá. These images, as distressing as, as they are, are not something, um, these intrusive thoughts that come with um, perinatal OCD are not indicative of something that a mom would actually do. A mom, for example, can have intrusive, very, very intrusive, vivid images of in a moment of frustration, wanting to throw the baby up against the wall. And in fear of that, rather than throwing the baby against the, the wall, the mom is more likely to cry and hold her baby even tightly and in a very distressed way, cry and say to herself, I don't know why I keep having this distressing image. Right. But it is not, in fact, something that a mom would ever do. In fact, it, that is why it is so distressing, because it is so far from what, what a mom would actually do. But yet the intrusive, vivid image is there. Yeah. Yeah. And it made me think of how a lot of people tie the um, the disorder of postpartum, whether it's mm -hmm. depression, OCD, anxiety, they tie that disorder to um postpartum means, yeah postpartum mm -hmm. means that they're gonna want they don't want their baby or they want to harm their baby especially because movies and shows and whatnot so yeah. that adds to the taboo too like i've i've heard women say like oh no like i would never have admitted to to feeling what i was feeling during postpartum because then people we're going to think that I would want to harm my baby, even though obviously that wasn't the case. So that's mm -hmm. kind of what I was thinking about when I asked that question. Thank you for the yeah. answer. Gracias por no la problem. respuesta. Um, sure. The next question is, what is postpartum post-traumatic disorder? ¿Qué es el trastorno post-traumático postparto? So this is most often the illness that is caused by a real or perceived trauma during the delivery of the baby or postpartum. Um, traumas may include, for example, if during the delivery of the baby, the baby was born with the cord wrapped around the neck, right? And something like an unplanned C-section or the use of a vacuum or forceps used on a baby. And again, this, these are things that can happen that are very, very distressing for a mom to, to be a witness to and certainly are, are things that are not planned for. Um, things like the baby being in the NICU, right? And the feelings of powerlessness that can come, you know, for, for a mom and a new parent um, not being able to connect with their baby in that way. 
um, and also women who have experienced a previous history of trauma or sexual violence um, are also at a higher risk of experiencing postpartum PTSD. And this is because of the vulnerability, right, and the physicality of giving birth. Um, it's such a vulnerable position to be in where those, um, those feelings of powerlessness um, may come up and may be re-triggering for, for a woman who, again, has had um, experience, uh, wow. traumatic experiences with sexual violence. So any of these things could be contributing um, factors to, post, um, so to PTSD. Now, the symptoms of postpartum PTSD would look like re-experiencing, um, intrusive re-experiencing of the past traumatic event. So this is like mom maybe washing the dishes, right? Maybe washing the bottles. Um, and while doing that, she's getting flashbacks of what it was like when she was in labor or when she was rushed into the, um, the, the surgery room, right? The, the operating room with an unplanned C-section. And so um, the, because the images are so distressing, a mom will do anything possible to try to avoid that image of the thoughts associated with that memory. We also see that there's anxiety, panic attacks, um, this persistent um, arousal. So these physical responses that can also be present, such as like hypervigilance. A mom could just feel like on edge, constantly worried that something bad is going to happen. Like she's just feeling on edge, right? Um, exaggerated, startled response. Like something could fall on the floor, say, I don't know, um, a, a, a cup of water, right? Could fall into the floor. And mom's reaction is like, you know, something, you know, catastrophic just happened inside the house. And no, it was just a sippy cup that might have fallen, right? Um, so yeah. very, uh, again, very um, distressing levels of distress, nightmares, flashbacks, avoidance of the memory, even like a phobia of the memory. These are all contributing um, um, factors and also symptoms of postpartum PTSD. El trastorno postraumático postparto muy a menudo es una enfermedad que está causada por un, por un trauma real o percibido durante el parto o posparto. Esto puede incluir una cesárea que no fue planificada, un bebé que ha, ha este, necesitado estar en, en cuidados intensivos, una situación donde el bebé nace con el cordón umbilical este, um, rodeado en, en su, en su este, um, cuello, ¿verdad? Que es una situación muy preocupante y alarmante. O un historial también de una, de una mujer que haya sido um, víctima de un asalto, asalto sexual. Esto puede contribuir al trauma postraumático durante uh, posparto precisamente por esa, por la situación um, vulnerable físicamente en la que se encuentra una mamá durante la situación de un parto. Ahora los síntomas del de trastorno postraumático posparto incluye flashbacks, pesadillas, 
una mamá puede estar lavando los trastes, las botellas y se le viene a la mente la imagen de cuando estaba dando a luz, ¿verdad? O de cuando urgen inmediatamente, inesperadamente, terminan en el cuarto de, um, de operación con una cesárea que no fue programada. ¿verdad? Estas imágenes um, y estas memorias son tan estresantes para la mamá que entonces ella trata de evadir este, la presencia de esas memorias, manteniéndose ocupada, tratando a toda costa de evadir esa, esa memoria y esas imágenes a que entren en su mente. Físicamente, cuando piensa ella en esas memorias o en esa imagen, puede sentir las palpitaciones en el corazón, un, un calor por todo su cuerpo, que eh, todas estas son, estas cosas son um, síntomas físicos de trauma que se mantiene en el cuerpo, ¿verdad? Ataques de pánico también es algo que, um, que, se, que se ve muy presentemente cuando estamos hablando de síntomas um, de, post, de estrés postraumático. Wow, so much good information, tanta buena información. Sabes que cuando hablaste un poquito de, um, de los traumas que la, que la mujer ha tenido anterior de um, uh -huh. dar a luz, like uh -huh. um, abuso sexual, the, the, you know, I, I, it, what you stated about um, having previous traumas like before giving birth about like sexual abuse did not I did not come to me at all when um when having this question on here I mm -hmm. I, I mean I guess I didn't bother to even go like let my mind go down that and when you stated I was like wow that's so true because women in in the position of giving birth like you said that area of their body is in such a vulnerable state and there really is no control Right. Um, and in the room, right, with other medical professionals that you've never you've never met in your life most of the time, right? Or if you have, maybe I don't know if they were your fault, if they were um, your OBGYN, you know, throughout the process. But the nurses, they're they're new to you, so so much going on that is yeah. new to you in in the most vulnerable of times in your life. Sí, la verdad no lo había pensado así, o sea. Obvio, it makes sense, you know, o sea, se entiende, mm -hmm. pero en cuando poniendo esta pregunta no, o preguntando la pregunta no, no había pensado y cuando lo dijiste dije, wow, es verdad, o sea, las mujeres están en un, un momento muy vulnerable y muy difícil y no hay control de lo que está pasando a tu alrededor y hay mucho chaos que, pues, obvio se entiende, pero um, cuando lo dijiste me, me Dio gusto que diste esta información um, porque uh -huh. es importante para las mujeres que han pasado por cosas también saber eso y tener esa uh -huh. información. Yeah, thank you yeah. for that. Um, You're the next question, what should we know about postpartum psychosis? ¿Qué debemos saber sobre las psicosis postparto? Mm -hmm. So postpartum psychosis is a rare illness compared to the rates of postpartum depression or anxiety. This is important to, um, to highlight because like you mentioned earlier, sadly, there's so much misinformation around postpartum mood disorders that a lot of women will say, oh, no, I never had postpartum. I never had thoughts of hurting my baby. I never, you know, heard voices or anything like that. Well, that is not a postpartum, you know, depression 
or anxiety uh, or, or anxiety, what they're referring to is actually postpartum psychosis. And mm-hmm. postpartum psychosis is very rare. It is approximately one or two out of a thousand deliveries right? And the onset of this is usually uh, or is most common within the first two weeks being postpartum. Postpartum psychosis is always, always, always a medical emergency. That is not something you hold off on and to wait to see if it gets a little bit better. Any mom who, who experiences delusions, strange beliefs, like, you know, someone is like talking to them, um, through the television, um, hallucinations or the the belief that they're hearing things, for example, paranoia or suspiciousness, like there's people that are looking, you know, in um, through their window from outside, rapid mood swings, difficulty communicating at times. So you will see um, oftentimes in, in, in psychosis where um, people, in fact, lose the ability to speak or communicate or form coherent sentences, right? So these are very, very serious um, uh, symptoms that are present. And again, this is an, and this is an absolute medical emergency that warrants um, you know, an ER visit because it needs to be assessed and stabilized with medication. Right, right. La psicosis postparto es una enfermedad uh, rara. Esta uh, y rara me refiero a comparación uh, de la depresión y ansiedad postparto. Y rara es la palabra que estoy usando para decir que no es algo tan uh, común o presente. Raro porque solo uno o dos casos por mil partos es que se presenta, eh, es que está presente la psicosis posparto. En la psicosis posparto vemos síntomas de delirios o creencias extrañas. Esto puede ser, por ejemplo, que piensan que Dios les está hablando o, o piensan que la persona en la televisión está teniendo una conversación con ellos. Alucinaciones, piensan que es, están escuchando voces cuando no hay nadie más en la casa. Este, sentirse muy irritado, el no poder dormir, una paranoia o una, una sensación de sospecha de que hay alguien que está queriendo este, dañarlos en, en, de, de cierta manera. Este, o también vemos la dificultad en comunicarse en, eso, en esta situación. Por ejemplo, una mamá de repente deja de poder hablar o está tratando de hablar, pero no le sale una, una, este, una, una frase entera. ¿Verdad? No, no puede usar uso de palabra tan fácilmente. Cuando esto está presente, estos síntomas de psicosis posparto son tan serios y siempre, siempre son, es una, este, es una condición médica urgente. Tiene que ser tratada inmediatamente. En esto no nos vamos a esperar si la mamá, oh, hay que darle unos días para ver si se siente mejor o no. Con esto, cuando estos síntomas están presentes, una mamá debe ser llevada al hospital inmediatamente para ser evaluada clínicamente y entonces también tratada con medicamento para estabilizarla. Wow, thank you so much for that. And the, the facts, the one in one to two every a thousand, um, creo que es muy importante. Yeah, it's very rare. Yeah, esos mm-hmm. números que dice de uno o dos de cada mil, porque 
igual creo que la idea de que alguien sufre de postpartum está conectado a quisiste hacerle daño a tu bebé o trataste de hacerle daño a tu bebé y pues las mujeres no agarran ayuda o no hablan o no no um, se expresan de lo que estaban pasando sintiendo por ese miedo de que la gente va a pensar uh -huh. eso. So, es muy bueno uh -huh. tener esa información. Yeah. Okay, okay. Kelsey, se me viene a la mente también el daño que la familia o, o la pareja puede hacer en estas situaciones por el tabú. Si ven, que, si ven que la mamá no está durmiendo, está pensando que alguien le está hablando por la tele o piensa que Dios le está hablando y dicen, ay, no, se está volviendo loca, pero no hay que decirle a nadie porque luego nos van a quitar al bebé. Uh -huh. Esa vergüenza o ese estigma eh, eh, puede prevenir que la ayuda necesaria a esa mamá este, se, se alcance. Y, uh -huh. y, y por causa de eso... Este, la salud mental, física de la mamá y del bebé está a riesgo, ¿verdad? Uh -huh. Entonces es muy importante que si estos síntomas están presentes, que se reconozca que es una, es una situación de emergencia médica uh -huh. que necesita atención urgentemente. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. Sí, eso es muy importante, um, poder identificar los síntomas y saber, pues, en qué, en cuál situación se necesita ayuda emergencia. Pues hasta el, el, la depresión y la ansiedad posparto es importante y también es una emergencia que también uh -huh. las mujeres sepan, oh, no, pues voy a dejarlo así, a ver si se me pasa y siguen sufriendo en silencio con esos uh -huh. síntomas por el miedo uh -huh. de decir algo. Uh -huh. Así es. Pues, eso va a la siguiente pregunta. Um, ¿Qué tipo de tratamientos puede ayudar. That goes to the next question. What kind of treatment can help? Mm -hmm. So treatment plans might include um, increased self-care. And what I mean by that really, it includes frontline defense, increased sleep. Mm -hmm. Sleeping is such a protective factor for a mom um, to experience postpartum anxiety or depression because sleeping helps to regulate the nervous system. So it really is not a it's not necessarily just a luxury of, oh, mom, sleep when the baby's sleeping. No, it is like it truly matters that a mom sleeps as much as she can whenever possible after having a baby. Self-care can also include not skipping the meals, right? Oftentimes after having a baby, parents are so consumed with the needs of a baby that they neglect drinking enough water, hydrating, eating their meals, right? So those things are important. But in addition to that, social support, you know, who's helping the mom not only take care of the baby, ideally, but who's actually taking care of the mom as well. Because just as she has given birth to a child, she has also now given birth to a new version of herself. And her body mm -hmm. is healing, needing to experience healing, you know, from all that it has just gone through, right? Another um, another factor to add to the treatment plan, of course, can include talk therapy through counseling um, to help manage any of the of the symptoms or of the conditions that you and I have talked about here in in, in you know in this um, conversation, and then of course medication whenever necessary. 
Yeah. Social yeah. support can also include not just whoever's in your immediate um, family or circle. It could also include um, support groups or online support groups, right? Mm -hmm. With your peers, other moms that might also be going through the same thing. Anything that allows a mom to, to know and recognize that she's not alone, yeah. right? Yeah. That can really help. Los, uh, el tipo de tratamiento que puede ayudar a una mamá que está embarazada o recién aliviada este, puede incluir tratamientos, por ejemplo, de en, enfoque al, um, de dormir a la mamá, de ayuda, facilitar el sueño para la mamá. Esto es muy importante porque el sueño ayuda a regular el sistema nervioso de una mamá justo en una etapa donde su cuerpo está, acaba de pasar por muchos cambios, ¿verdad? Es importante que una mamá tome agua, que coma. Eso es muy importante porque recién aliviada es una mamá está y los papás están tan este, consumidos en los cuidados del bebé que hasta de repente se les olvida comer ellos mismos. Eso es importante. Ahora, aparte de eso, Cosas que pueden ayudar al tratamiento de los de las condiciones este, perinatales, mentales, es también la ayuda de terapia. El tener alguien con quien platicar a un terapista que tenga, que tenga entrenamiento este, um, específico al, al trato de las condiciones este, perinatales, ¿verdad? Eso es muy importante. El tener apoyo no solamente dentro de la familia o con amistades, amistades, pero también dentro de un, de un círculo de apoyo, de un grupo de apoyo. Eso puede ser muy este, favorable para una mamá para ayudarle a, a, a saber y sentir que no está sola en esta etapa de su vida y en estas experiencias de navegar el, el, el ser mamá, ¿verdad? Esto, todo esto puede ayudar y claro también el uso de medicamento cuando es necesario y es algo que ha sido explorado con el doctor. Yeah, yeah. Sí, creo que, que esa idea de, pues, también hacer la terapia, me imagino, les ayudaría a las a, a la mamá o a, la, a las mujeres pidiendo ayuda, obtener más información como lo que estamos dando en este episodio para sal, saber que esto es normal y que sí les pasa y que es más común de lo que uno piensa. Um, I said in Spanish to Nayeli that I think another good benefit that can come out of therapy for these moms and women seeking services is having the information from a therapist that specializes in this topic like Nayeli is giving us here in this episode about how normal and common this issue is because I think again the taboo makes women feel so alone and the idea that like why am I going through this no one else is going through this or maybe like if they see like a family member who just had a baby or a friend that just had a baby and obviously they didn't speak up of of these symptoms to them they could be like why mm -hmm. is this happening to me so it helps to have someone to talk to that knows and that can normalize it for them for sure yeah that's right um for the last question um and obviously for this one you can give us like a brief um and then what we'll do is on social media we will make a post with these resources but um where can moms go to obtain additional information and resources on this topic? Um, para la última pregunta, lo que haré es haré una, um, 
un, un post, <ríe> perdón, no sé cómo se dice en español, eh, en Instagram y en, y en Facebook con la información que nos den Ayeli, pero me gustaría que les dé um, un poquito de dónde pueden acudir las mamás para obtener información y recursos adicionales sobre este tema. Mm -hmm. So what comes to mind um, immediately is Postpartum Support International. Postpartum Support International is an organization that is worldwide and that actively right now has a, um, a hotline. Um, this is a, a line that can help um, any parent connect with um, This helpline helps connect parents to support groups that are available. The Postpartum Support International also has a directory um, across nationwide that can help any parent um, get connected with perinatal trained therapists that would be within their area or in their state, you know, if they um, have access to it, you know, via telehealth, so long as they're in that same state, that would, you know, allow um, for that um, service or there are also additionally um, therapists that might be licensed in multiple states so that also gives additional flexibility right mm -hmm. um, one of the things that i like about postpartum support international is that um, it also offers offers those services in spanish as well and um, so they have a hotline that is also available in spanish el, el, la organización de Postpartum Support, Support International tiene una línea telefónica que también es ofrecida en español que puede ayudar a, a las mamás o a los padres a ser conectados con servicios o grupos para, para ellos que los puedan ayudar en esta etapa um, de su vida para manejar ya sea complicaciones de embarazo o después de posparto. Um, esta, el, la organización de Postpartum Support International uh, también tiene un directorio que puede ayudar, a la, puede ayudar a las mamás a ser conectadas con terapistas que tienen certificaciones o entrenamiento especializado en las condiciones perinatales mentales. Um, entonces, pueden visitar a Postpartum Support International en la página de postpartum.net y Kelsey, yo creo que tú lo puedes compartir, ¿verdad? En tu, uh -huh. um, sí. en, en tu post. Um, mi página, a mí me pueden encontrar en nayelielcsw.com. Um, you can also find me on my website at nayelielcsw.com. And my Instagram handle is nayeli underscore lcsw. Um, en las redes sociales, en vía Instagram, también me pueden encontrar um, en nayeli este underscore L C S W y ahí este también doy mucha información y, y doy las fechas nuevas para un grupo um, de apoyo de embarazo y posparto que también facilito. It is um, via my um, my social media that I also um, advertise the new dates um, for the free pregnancy and postpartum support group that I facilitate um, to, um, for the state of California twice a month. Um, so I'd be happy to connect with anyone, um, you know, through that group there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for all this information, Ayeli. Gracias 
muchísimo por toda esta información y por darles esos recursos también and for those resources. Again, we will post, um, I'm going to make posts about Nayeli and where you can find her. I'm going to put a post about the resources, um, other resources that she will also share with me that I can put on there as well. Um, it's been a pleasure having you. Ha sido un placer tenerte. Gracias por la información y como, como les dije hace poquito, voy a poner a uh, Toda esa información en Instagram, que también se va a transferir a Facebook. Um, pero, pues, cualquier cosa nos pueden contactar a las dos. Y, um, uh -huh. y su información de Nayeli también va a estar en Instagram y todo para que la puedan contactar. Um, thank you so much for continuing to do this work. It's, I mean, it's just obviously so... Um, amazing that you're you're one of these specialists for these women and it's good that you're able to give us this information and we're able to put this information out there because it's important for for women to know that they're not alone muchas gracias por el trabajo nayeli que haces con mm -hmm. con nuevas mamás yeah. y con con las mujeres um de, de nuestro mundo y <laughs> bueno de nuestro estado de california pero um, yeah. y por toda pero, esta información que también nos mm -hmm. has dado um para yeah. que las mujeres sepan que no están solas. Sí, gracias a ti, Kelsey, por usar tu, tu podcast para crear este más conocimiento sobre estas condiciones de salud perinatal que son tan importantes de reconocer. Y, y gracias por hacerlo también en, también en el mes de mayo, que es el, el, el mes de la salud este mm -hmm. mental, mental perinatal. Muchas gracias por usar tu voz uh, y también darme la oportunidad de hablar um, de este tema que para mí es este, muy personal y una pasión um, profesional. Uh, muchas gracias a ti. Thank you, Kelsey, for um, giving me the opportunity to, to use your um, beautiful platform to talk about this subject that is so um, personal and near and dear to my heart. And um, for also um, inviting me to be part of this podcast on in the month of May, which also happens to be um, Maternal Mental Health Month. Um, and again, thank you very much for, for using your, your platform, your voice, your podcast to raise awareness on this um, most important of subjects. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and our listeners. I learned so much. I mean, I knew the basics. Obviously, it's not one of my specialties. Mood disorders are, but there's obviously that little, there's similarities yeah. with postpartum, and then there's that little difference. Um, muchas yeah. gracias, Nayeli, por tomar este tiempo para charlar con nosotros. Y le estaba diciendo en inglés que yo también, yo especialisto en depresión, en ansiedad, pero no en de posparto. Entonces, hasta yo aprendí mucho y espero que ustedes que nos estén escuchando también hayan aprendido mucho. So, thank you all for listening to this episode. There we leave you guys. Hope you all learned something from all of this information. And again, if you need any more information, resources, do not hesitate to reach out. To me, I will connect you with Nayeli if, if, if you don't already find um, her information on your own and you're able to reach out to her. Um, muchas gracias por escuchar y cualquier cosa o más información que necesiten, por favor, contáctenme a mí o también si pueden contactar a Nayeli a través de la información que nos dio. Pero si 
si no la tienen la información, me pueden contactar a mí y yo los conecto con ella. Thank you all. Um, y como siempre, gracias por seguir escuchando. Um, los amo y los aprecio mucho. And as always, thank you for continuing to listen. I love and appreciate you all. If anyone is interested in sharing their story, know of anyone that is or simply have episode ideas, please contact me. You can email me at acantrenosfam at gmail.com or reach out to me via Instagram or Facebook. Si alguien está interesado en compartir su historia, conoce otros profesionales que les gustaría que estén en el show um, o conoce a alguien que simplemente tiene ideas a través de episodios, contáctenme. Pueden enviarme un correo electrónico a cantrenosfam.com o comunicarse conmigo a través de Instagram o Facebook. Until next time, hasta la próxima. Um, thank you so much again, Ayeli. Um, and until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thank you.